Welcome inside the Celtics Life Podcast. I'm Justin Quinn here with Topher Lane, and training camp is coming soon. Since the last time we potted, however, a trio of former Celtics were inducted to the Hall of Fame. And the NBA media are starting to take stock of this coming season squad. But there's also some serious stuff that we've got to tackle as well. So let's get to it and tackle that head on. Topher, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so uh, the news with Jabari Bird, kind of um, kind of insane, all the stuff going on. He's currently in court, right, as a result of a domestic assault conflict or domestic abuse conflict with his girlfriend. Yeah, he just had his hearing. His Yep, he just had his hearing uh, yesterday as of the time of recording. We are recording this on a Saturday morning. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, just really, really unfortunate situation. Um, obviously, just awful, awful things coming out of it. And uh, you did the write-up for Celtics Life. But just just awful, awful details that continue to roll out. And, you know, just the, the last thing you want to see from anybody, let alone an athlete on your team. But it's just it's just really pretty, pretty awful stuff that's coming out of this, this story. Yeah, it's uh, it's been covered pretty heavily, so I don't want to dwell on it too, too much. But for, for those of you who are not up to speed on all the different elements, I'll just give you a quick recap. Uh, from the perspective of the Celtics as a business organization, um, they are going to have to wait. And that's a good thing because the league has redesigned its domestic abuse policy to not just protect players uh, who may have been falsely accused. I don't think that this is one of those situations, just to be very, very clear about that. There's definitely a very problematic incident that happened. They're going to be sorting through it as they should. And there is a good reason why they are also delaying because domestic violence experts have gone on record to say that this is the safest way to approach the situation so that way the people who are allegedly the victim uh, will be able to get the best possible protection from future reprisals from any kind of, you know, loss of job, loss of income, any kind of a situation like that, Uh, loss of status Mm -hmm. even, you know, I mean, you have to keep in mind, I'm not saying that Jabari would ever do anything again, but he lost you know, his dream on the precipice of, of, of landing it. And for whatever, whatever happened, um, the concerns about what will happen to that slot, what will happen to the cap situation, those are all secondary concerns in the greater scheme of things. And mercifully in this league, unlike a lot of other ones, by waiting for the court system and by, by, taking care of any potential alleged victims. Uh, I mean, you know, some parsing my words carefully just out of respect for the legal system. I've made it my own personal mm-hmm. feelings about this and I'm going to keep it to myself. Yeah. But yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you know, there's a court of public opinion, there's the court of law and there's the way that the NBA handles this. And those are all three separate things and they all have their own rules. And mine are that, you know, I really like to see him off the team as fast as possible, but we have to keep in mind that there's other factors going on, including, you know, J- Jalen Brown's mom is is basically his custodian in a supervised release situation. So this is not going to go away anytime soon. And, you know, for the sake of everyone involved, it's best to take it slow with a lot of caution. Uh, so I encourage our readers and listeners to do the same. 
Yeah, it's it's important to note that the, the team has to defer to the league here. I, I think in any other situation, the Celtics would have probably already moved on from Jabari Bird at this point and, and released him or cut him or waived him, whatever the however they would have gone about it. But that would have already happened had these these structures not been in place. So you shouldn't think for a second that the franchise is taking its time to deliberate what they need to do. This is just a you know, this is how the, the league functions in an effort to, as you said, kind of make sure that everything is sorted before, you know, rash decisions are made in case this was possibly a false accusation or in any case that it was or something like that happened. But like you said, it's it seems pretty unlikely that that's the case based on all the details that are coming out. Yeah, I've definitely seen that misconception that people think that the Celtics are trying to drag ass to preserve the contract of Jabari. And don't get me wrong, Jabari Bird has talent. He might have been able to make it in the NBA. Who knows? He might still have a future yet in this league. But it's probably not with the Celtics. (laughs) The Celtics are not going to do something that is basically a public relations nightmare to to retain the services of a guy who is imminently replaceable, not in terms of emotion, in terms of people like, you know, Jalen Brown and his teammates, but in terms of talent level, he is a just barely good enough to stay on the floor uh, as a second or third string guy kind of guy now. So don't think that that's the reason why that, that's happening. It's all about the procedure that we've been talking about. Zach Lowe had a really good article a few months ago. And if you look around, um, I think uh, Ryan Bernardoni, uh, Danger Cart has some of the financial aspects. You can check that out. There's a good, there's a good amount of information out there about the, about the social aspect of it and about the financial uh, process, about how it impacts it. And a lot of, a lot of the, the financial aspects of it in terms of how it would affect the cap, how it would affect the roster, roster slots and all that stuff. We really don't know yet because, you know, it boils down to a seven person panel headed by David, David, headed by Adam Silver. Excuse me. I, I, I it's early and I'm waking up. Bear with me, folks. It's going to be a while before, before those guys can get together and review, review the situation. Uh, I'm not, clear on whether they can make a decision before the legal process is finished. I don't think they're going to, and it doesn't look like it's on the fast track, nor should it be. So, you know, be prepared for this to linger for a little bit, at least into the early part of the season. Hopefully it won't take too much of an impact on the players themselves. But, uh, yeah, it's just a crappy situation all around. So, with the potential eye what they might do should a slot open up. There's a couple of things floating out there in ether yeah. uh, that I'm assuming are at least, you know, related to that. Um, one of which is that the, the Celtics invited Marcus George's Hunt, uh, who played for, I think, the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves a bit last year as a two-way player and, and got, some, got some decent burn. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing too crazy. But I mean, you know, it could feel kind of the same same level of expectations with a little bit of upside uh, for future development. Uh, you you know anything about him at all? Yeah, he ACC guy played for Georgia Tech. Um, was actually a really good college player. And interestingly, we actually had I think a training camp deal with him back after he graduated in 2016. So it's kind of full circle if we if we decide to sign him again. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, I thought that was kind of interesting. So. Yeah, I, I think he was a really good college player. He was averaging somewhere between like 15 and 17 points a game, I think. And, uh, you know, an all-around guy. He was able to dish it out and grab, grab a couple boards. I think he was like a 15-3-3 three three generally. So 
and I think he was better at rebounding than he was his senior year. So, yeah, no, I, I like him. I think he's a solid player. It hasn't quite translated over to the NBA yet, but I mean, what do you expect from like a 22 year old, you know, role player? They're not going to come in and be, you know, blow the world. So he's, um, I, I like, I like the possibility of it. If we're looking to replace a guy like Jabari Bird, I think he'd be an acceptable replacement. So no problems for me. And, and it seems like, like I said, cause we had signed him to that, I think it was a training camp deal. Uh, because we had done that, it seems like obviously Ainge has done his scouting and, and likes the guy, just uh, hasn't had the spot for him. So Yeah, and I wouldn't expect anything to happen again fast with him either because there's only so many available roster spots, and that was the last, you know, Bird, Bird was the last open one we had. Um, so at this point, if there is a possibility for him, it's probably going to require him to spend some time in G League. Hopefully he'll make a little bit of extra money, uh, you know, working with Celtics in camp. So don't get your hopes up if you're really attached to this guy. I don't mean to do that with, with any of you guys. But, you know, it seems like they've got their eye on him. But in the meantime, there's this other guy uh, that they can use to fill up some of, uh, you know, the extensive amount of minutes they're going to use uh, for Jabari Bird that can just, you know, give them to um, Gordon Hayward, who's just been cleared for five for five. Yeah, yeah, that work. I think he's good. He's all right, right? You've heard of him. Solid replacement. <laughs> That's a solid, solid trade-off. <laughs> uh, yeah, Gordon is essentially 100% is what, what his uh, press conference said earlier in the week. And, you know, everything that was coming out of that was so exciting. I was so hyped after that press conference. And I, I wanted to wear my Gordon Hayward jersey, but I wasn't going to, like, a music festival. And I'm, like, a employed adult, so I can't <laughs> just walk around wearing a jersey. <laughs> um doesn't stop some of us. So I, yeah, I was really, I was really, uh, really psyched about that. It seems like everything is really, you know, he's really good to go. And in one hand, now I really wish that he'd come back to play in the playoffs because I think we totally could have made it to the finals. Maybe not one, but I think we could have made it. And I, it's, it's clear that it, it was really good that this wasn't rushed whatsoever. There wasn't a single situation where the, the Celtics even considered bringing back Hayward. And, you know, he, they really wanted to make sure that he would be good to go for this entire season and that his injury is completely behind him. And that seems like that's the case. Well, I'm pretty happy about that, but I'm not going to put any uh, proverbial what's what's the the the, the counting your chickens before they're hatched or eggs in the basket. Some kind of a chicken, chicken metaphor here. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to get my hopes up until I see him on the floor and I see that he's playing and that he's happy. And then I'm going to relax. Not, not just because I just don't want to get ahead of myself. I know he's hundred percent physically and he's, he's showing it in the workouts, but NBA games, particularly with the, the, the memory of that injury. And it's something he's admitted to himself. Uh, that is going to affect his game. And it's probably, you know, I'm thinking back to like Paul George when he came back. He was a little tentative too. He's fine now. I'm not saying like I think it's going to linger or anything like that. But, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to temper my expectations for the first, you know, couple of months of the season just as I think they should. Well, we're less than two weeks away from the first preseason game. And I am so psyched to see just this team, this roster together again. Partially because we didn't make a lot of changes, but like just I think it's going to be so awesome to get them all together again and just watch them play basketball. And I know preseason is like its own thing, but last year the preseason 
was really exciting watching just the way that Hayward, Kyrie, and Horford played together. And then the rookies too. And now you've got like a potential all-star in Tatum, a guy who could be, you know, he could really be an all-star this year. And you got him, you got Brown who's improved, you got Smart coming back who's locked into a deal, you got Baines who's locked into a deal. Like I just feel like this is such a good situation for the Celtics. And it's going to be so exciting to see it translate on. I have board. never been more excited for preseason games. I mean, maybe in 2008. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. like, I don't know. It's two weeks. Those two weeks cannot come fast enough. Exactly. Yeah, September 28th. I'm like counting down the days. I should like take off work. I should plan on just being good, like just ready to go. I mean, that's the day I have to submit the first draft on my dissertation. So it's definitely going to be a party vibe. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Speaking of party vibes, or at least um, the reputation of not liking to be a hard worker, or perhaps more so that you like to gobble up paychecks without earning them. Wow, that's a description. Andrew Bynum. <laughs> Andrew Bynum is playing a comeback. Uh, first of all, do you think Boston should have any interest? And second of all, do you think there's any chance that it works? Um. I think that he he should be a competent player. He's what twenty nine, thirty, somewhere in that in that range. And uh, you know, it, as recently as I mean, before that knee injury, he was a you know, almost a twenty points per game guy. You know, he was he was a really solid scorer. And uh, if he could contribute even part of that off the bench, that's that's huge for any team. So no, I, I think that he he should theoretically be able to to make a comeback, assuming that he's in good shape. His numbers dropped off pretty hard in the years after his season or the years after his injury, single year after his injury. But, you know, it's, it's something that I'd like to see him do well. You know, I, I always, I never like to see guys careers get kind of ended by injuries. So I, I'd like to see him do well. I don't know if it fit with the Celtics, but you know, it, it'd be cool if, if we needed that scoring to, to find a way to get him. And you know, we, we're used to seeing those guys hop to the Cavs or hop to the Warriors, and the Cavs don't really exist anymore, and the Warriors are pretty full. So, like, the Celtics are the contending team. We're the ones that should be where those those guys, those veterans who are ring chasers, should be maybe looking. And I wouldn't be surprised if he is trying to find his way or elbow his way into the Celtics, if that's the case. I, I mean, we don't really have a spot for him. In terms of style of play, you know, he, he we kind of basically got very, very similar of a player last season in, in the shape of Greg Monroe. And, like, I'm not going to say that Greg was not a, a competent player because he was. He just didn't fit at all with what Boston does. And, you know, if he's trying to make one more big paycheck before he cashes out, which I, I, I kind of feel like might be the motive for this, you know, I don't have any evidence. I have no, no knowledge thereof, but – uh I feel like if that is what's going on, then what he really wants to do is, you know, I hear he's knocking on the door of the Lakers and then he might actually get some, get a real real shot with them just based on their open door policy for all their old players. So, I mean, he's somebody where their roster and style of play function well enough where he could actually see some decent minutes and maybe talk himself into a something above veteran minimum, which is, I think, all he's going to be looking at if he even makes a roster. Ideally, and I know he won't do it because his ego is too big. He would be to go to like an Atlanta, or or even even the team that you know doesn't really have any competent bigs like Orlando. Um, I think he'd go I really well with like 
Charlotte. I think Charlotte's a good squad for him. Charlotte would work all right. Like just somebody, somebody who isn't trying to to have a really, really good defense because he's not going to be able to guard the perimeter at all. He's not going to fit in any kind of a like, you know. He's really only going to be able to be a third string in some in some team second string kind of a guy, based on his lack of athleticism at this point. I mean, he looked pretty fast uh, in a straight line in the videos I saw of him working out, but I don't know. I'm not going to say that he's uh, he's doomed, but. He's, he's not going to get the kind of role that he likes, and I'm worried that whatever team he goes to, he still he still might have that ego. I mean, he was clashing with Kobe Bryant, you know, and when, when he was teammates with him, and eh, that's just no. So another guy who is reportedly interested in making a comeback, uh, or at least people are guessing he might be. I'm not really sure if there's anything to it. But uh, there's been some workout videos of a certain truthful person, Paul Pierce. You see anything about that? Truthful person. <laughs> truthful person. Yeah, you know, he's a truth. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I would, I would like it only to troll Draymond Green for having said like, "You're not getting that retirement tour." Like, <laughs> And I, I would I would like it just for that reason if he comes back just to get just to be like I'm back I'm retiring again I want to have like I want to have that for a bit what do you I, what, I would like that but otherwise I'm not what do you do with his uh his jersey like if he comes back to the Celtics do you unretire it I mean has that ever happened before uh I think that, that's an interesting question I, I think it has happened before in some situations or, or kind of like I mean guys kids have come to play so like was it larry nance who for the Cavs, they like unretired yeah, his dad's yeah, jersey yeah. to give it to him so like yeah maybe i mean i don't know i think it would stay retired for the celtics and you know he could wear it again and just say like well you know it's gonna be up there or you know we'll, we'll take it down temporarily but it's still gonna be there unless he has just an awful awful year like, maybe you could just yeah, do you a gotta, Kobe Bryant and, and get two jerseys retired. Yeah, that works too. But I, I would love if they're like, if you don't play well enough, we're actually not going to put it back up. You know, if if if, if your numbers aren't that good, we're just gonna we're just gonna leave it down. Ooh, that could be a dissuasion right there. <laughs> they probably should be. I do not think that he should probably make a comeback. But I mean, I, I think he'd probably put decent numbers. I mean, obviously nowhere near what he was doing. Uh, like what five, six, seven years ago. Unless but, he's been working behind the season, like behind the scenes, real hard. Uh, yeah, I tend to agree because I mean, when you are young and haven't been working out, you're not going to be able to stay on an NBA floor. If you are, you know, basically my age, working out, you're not, you're not making an NBA roster. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah. While we're on pipe dreams, Anthony Davis has cut ties with his management. Maybe rumored to be interested in signing with Clutch Sports. What do you think of that? Uh. You know, my, my friend came to me and told me that. And I was, yeah, I, I, that's the LeBron James one, right? The one that like all of those guys are part of. Yes, indeed. Yeah. See, I, I don't like where that's going. I'm not a fan. <laughs> to be honest with you. I mean, I, I'm happy to see that because I, I can't imagine that he's not ridiculously frustrated. You know, I mean, he spent his entire career in New Orleans and they've gotten to the playoffs like twice, you know? And it's just, it's like just this kind of, treading in the mud franchise and i cannot imagine that he's happy there if he, if he wants to win i mean i think he loves being the centerpiece of this franchise and being the icon the iconic cornerstone of this franchise but you know it's it's just 
got to move on, you know? And, and I think this, this is like a sign of the fact that he's maybe starting to consider it. So I'm just hoping that's not in Los Angeles. Cause I, I'm really sick of LeBron James <laughs> dynasty teams, you know? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I mean, I'm happy they're in the West now, but like, I'm just so done with them. <laughs> I'd be so happy if LeBron James like misses the playoffs this year and then just rides off into the sunset because he's just done, you know, like that's the final straw. And it's like, no, he's probably going to get... Somehow I doubt that's how it's going to play out, but you never know. Yeah, but no, I think I think it's interesting. I, You know, it, it could be a sign of something. I think it could be for sure. And, I, I you know, I, I we're perpetually linked. The Celtics are perpetually linked to Anthony Davis. And I really, you know, I, I just, I always question it because he just can never seem to stay healthy and... I mean, he's so dominant, but it's just, you know, I, I've never once been able to actually say like, yeah, that could totally work out. And so I, I just always am going to be skeptical about even the possibility of that, no matter what news comes out. I am really glad that you said that because, you know, it's really, really hard to say no to an Anthony Davis trade. But that is one of the things that has lingered in my mind is just like the, the, the overall physical health that's a great way to to kill the trajectory of a franchise to put a lot of there you go eggs in a basket yeah eggs in one basket yeah. uh, for for chicken yeah. metaphors that seems to be the running subtext of this entire podcast um, you've got to find so, one more chicken metaphor to use this podcast <laughs> you've got to find okay. one more somehow be prepared so so I mean you know I don't know I'm kind of I'm I'm happy with what we have you know if if some kind of crazy good deal came our way where it was just like basically salary match from our good players. I, I would, you know, eat, eat my words and suck it up and deal with it, but I'm not putting any stock in this. I'm going to look at it as an attempt to get some more, uh, money from endorsements through his, through his, uh, agent and that there is nothing at least yet other than maybe some hints of a warning sign some you know fire under the uh is there any, any, any chickens we could put in a pot or something there you go there you go some, some chickens in a pot putting some fire under it i'm, I'm just gonna stop with these bad bad metaphors i'm so sorry guys. Um, <laughs> no <laughs> but i take I mean, it back i have regrets i have regrets for making for suggesting it's okay right. you, you you encourage me and you know this is what happens <laughs> While we're talking about the things that aren't going to happen, at least I think, uh, J.R. Smith is either very high or he thinks that there is a high chance that Kyrie Irving joins the New York Knicks just to revive that whole moment again. Anything there? Should we just move on? Uh, should we be worried? What do you think? No, you know, I think back to uh, former Celtics life writer Michael Dyer tweeted a while back about you know when all the Knicks conversation was starting back in what June July whatever that whenever that was kind of becoming a thing again or starting I guess and he said like you know Kyrie is doing a summer camp with Tatum Kyrie is doing he's going to Harvard he's doing all these things that are local he's like he's doing camps with with players he's doing a ton of community stuff around Boston there's no way that he, he doesn't love this situation you know he's he's really being close with a lot of these these players and that's something that you didn't really see in cleveland 
a place that he wanted to leave. Yeah. And so I, I can't imagine that he's not. And it seems like he's really invested in Boston as, as an area. And I, I just can't imagine he bolts for New York because he wants to play in a worse situation when he seems to like Boston this much and has, you know, a team that's going to be contending for a while and one that, that is kind of his team, you know? So I, I just, I see no validity whatsoever to that. And that's kind of what I say to a lot of people. But I, th- I think Mike hit that right on the head with, with that because it's just everything that he's doing. And he had so many more examples that I can't remember right now. But just everything indicates that he really likes Boston and he really likes playing here. And he's got this kind of great situation. And we're finally going to have a team that's fully healthy, including him. And it just, I don't know why he would want to go to New York where there's just nothing but question marks, nothing but just uh, just bad, bad stuff happens in New York. And nothing good has happened in New York in a very long time. And I don't know why he'd want to go there. Even if he can't team up with Jimmy Butler, allegedly, what he's chasing, I, I can't imagine that's possible. I'll tell you what. If they get rid of Dolan as an owner and they move Noah's contract, then I'll be a little bit worried. But if those two things... They did. They got they got, they got waved Noah like yesterday. They waved him? Yeah, with like a stretch provision. I thought that they are thinking about waving him. I bet my 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 intel is yeah, that they're they are encouraging. Well, don't expect us to be super up to date on the next. Agreed players. to part ways. Yeah, they they've agreed, agreed to part ways. ways. They haven't figured out how they're doing it yet. Yep. They are going to probably end up waving him and stretching him because I don't see Atlanta giving getting anything that the Knicks have that they're going to be willing to part with. I mean, they might do it for Porzingis, but I mean, what else do they have really that is not you know a positive asset? Yeah, now they're going to wave him and stretch him, which is still not great because he's going to be on the books for, what, four years? I think you double the yes, number of years. And- yeah, so either way, he goes there, Kyrie, and he's looking at a team that just doesn't have a future for at least two, three years, you know? Because they've just got unreal money on the books. I am not, and I said this when Porzingis went down, I am not high on bigs with knee problems. <laughs> and... I question if Porzingis can return to all-star form because, I mean, obviously we haven't seen him play since that injury, but that is always just a, a massive concern for me. And I just don't... You know, he's also anemic. You know, he's a, he's usually very tired by the end of the season and, like, they're going to have to find a way if they want to preserve his career between the knees and that to really limiting his minutes. Yeah, so I, I just... Which you're not going to do. I, I, I mean, maybe he meets with him. Maybe he, like, takes it takes free agency seriously or something and meets with him, but I, I just don't see a way to leave him. So JR can... He can go kick rocks or whatever. <laughs> you know, he's like, whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, seriously. My favorite player. Yeah, man. My favorite player for another team. Love J.R. Smith. He's the most fun guy to watch. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. He's the most fun guy to watch. Leave the court. He, he embodies those old, old NBA commercials of like the NBA where amazing happens. And that's because J.R. is just doing ridiculous shit all the time. <laughs> like you could just watch J.R. Smith. And that's, bottom of the that's where the amazing happens. It's just watching J.R. interact with other players. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Well, speaking of things that happen in Boston that don't happen elsewhere, Kyrie Irving is evidently in Harvard Business School as part of a special sports business program that shows uh, aspiring athletes how to manage their money, uh, which is something that I imagine Kevin Garnett would have 
retroactively like to have participated in. Mm, that's that's too soon. <laughs> it is, man. It absolutely is. I don't. I'm not too worried about Kevin just because. I mean, I think he's the career earnings leader in the NBA, and it doesn't necessarily mean anything because really? he's a famous Celtic like Antoine Walker. Um, yeah, I believe he earned something like close to $340 billion in salary. I mean, there are other NBA players who have earned more endorsements. I think LeBron has them like very far in the dust in terms of endorsements, but in terms of salary earned, I believe he's the all-time leading earner so far. I could yeah, be I think probably because of length of career, but I feel like LeBron's going to surpass him sometime soon, and he's like, what, seven years behind still? Eight, nine, ten years behind? <laughs> so... I, I yeah that won't be a lasting number if it is the case. Oh no. No no no. But that's that's interesting. I didn't know that. Kyrie to Harvard. That's pretty cool. He's a smart dude. Harvard's a good spot. That's that's a good situation to be in. Yeah. There's been a lot of stuff going on in Boston this summer. Um Terry Rozier went on stage uh for my least favorite rapper in the universe uh to participate in a contest. Did you see any of that? No, I, I saw that that happened. There was a contest. What was the contest? Okay, so basically, they they pretended that Terry was some guy out of the audience and had him come up and do kind of like the like you know how they always have the um, you shoot from different places on the court as a member of the audience, and if you make a half court shot, you win a crap ton of money. Mm-hmm. They basically had Terry be the yeah, surrogate. And they, and they run out with a giant. And, and Terry missed them all. He missed every single shot from the free throw line all the way back to half court. Um, in his defense, uh, it was like dark with flashing neon lights, which is, you know, probably other than completely dark, one of the worst possible scenarios, maybe even worse than completely dark, to be honest. Um, if you know where the, where the the hoop is, you can at least get like body mechanics to get a little bit closer. Um but that was that was a thing that happened. Uh, Robert Williams is not quite ready. Uh, he's still dealing with some tendonitis, but looking like he is probably going to be good to go by the time the preseason games roll around. Yo, I, I want to step back to that Terry Rozier thing and say that that's totally how we should. People still want to work on like amping up the All Star game. We should just turn off the lights <laughs> and have it like that. You know, that'll lower the scoring. Oh man! <laughs> you know that'll that'll resolve all the. Uh, the fact that it's like 190 to 175 uh, that'll resolve or at least dim you know, them considerably yeah i like if they won't play defense it's we'll all, add it's, the entire thing is under strobe light that's great yeah the entire thing's under strobe light yeah oh that's genius man i like it maybe you should put some obstacles on the court some big big uh padded obstacles or something moving around that could be fun yeah Well, the last thing. Sorry, had to no, that was great. Today. Cool, Robert. Robert Williams. Robert is ready. Williams cool. isn't ready, but we've got some people who are more than ready. They're so ready, they're done, and they are epically done. So epically done, they're in the Hall of Fame, and three of them were Boston Celtics. Uh, that would be Ray Allen, Dino Raja, and Charlie Scott. You, you catch any of the uh, coverage covering all that stuff? No, you know I'm not a big Hall of Fame guy as far as basketball goes because it just seems like so many people are in there it's like so hard to keep track like i mean how many people were, were inducted this year oh i think it was 13 yeah that's a lot of dudes you know and and active players or not players but like active coaches are in the the hall of fame and stuff it seems it seems like of the hall of fames it seems like the least prestigious you know 
So you're saying that uh, it's a little too lax in how it lets people in. Yeah, yeah. So I, I you know, I, I appreciate. I think Ray Allen probably, by the NBA Hall of Fame standards, totally should have been a Hall of Famer, for sure. <laughs> I mean, he's a ten-time All Star, two championships, the all-time three-point regular and postseason leader. I think that's fair. Uh, you could make some arguments against Dino and Charlie. Dino, you know, a lot of people are scratching their head about him and they forget that he was basically the best player ever to come out of Euro, uh, the EuroLeague and Europe in general. Uh, and, you know, he's still probably one of the best, even, even now. It's hard to understand that if you are only familiar with, with the Celtics, but it is you know, in all of NBA and NCAA and global basketball leagues, professional basketball leagues. So, you know, that's kind of a component of, I think, why Charlie Scott got in. Charlie has some decent credentials also, not terrible. There's definitely worse people than him. But, I mean, he helped integrate the game. He was one of the leading figures uh, up there with our own Bill Russell, who Mm -hmm. really pushed that, in in terms of it becoming a truly integrated sport so i mean there's a reason there's a reason why he is in there above and beyond just that in, in the same way that dino is in above and beyond what he did in the nba there, there's there's other things that matter they've expanded uh to some committees some veterans committees um african-american committee um just to to attend to people who really should be recognized for their achievements that maybe didn't necessarily all come on NBA courts, uh, for mm-hmm. example. Um, but there's there's some really good arguments about some guys who are in the pipeline that could use some resolution. Uh, so maybe we should jump into that and, and see what what there is in terms of potential future Boston Celtic affiliated people maybe getting in. Yeah. So uh, let's just do the, the, the coaches first. We've got four that I can think of. If you can think of any others, throw them in. But uh, that would be Danny Ainge, Rick Pitino, Brian Shaw, and Brad Stevens. Danny, as an executive, uh, he's got one championship, one executive of the year. you think he has any chance at all, as, as it stands now, of getting in? Not with those numbers. But I mean, obviously, that's still writing itself, you know. So, if uh, if he wins two more of each, two more championships, and uh, one more or two more executive of the years, then I'd say that's that's not unreasonable. Or like, yeah, yeah, I think I think he's he's pretty close. I don't think the bar is anywhere near for executives uh, and coaches um, to get in. It isn't. What's that? It isn't. It's it's not. It's, the bar is just so much. I, again, I stand by it. But yeah, no, I, I think it's the <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. Um, what about the evil emperor, Rick Patino, executive or coach? <laughs> I don't think he's getting uh, in as funny. an executive. It'd be funny if you made it in. <laughs> That'd be pretty pretty entertaining. I mean, so a lot of it, the, I feel like the college guys, a lot of it goes down to, to numbers, what's on paper. I mean, obviously, after, after everything that's happened, with his uh his graceful leave from Louisville, uh, I, I feel like that's unlikely. But you know he's got like somewhere in the in the realm of like six hundred wins, so he's not too far out if he goes back and finds some 
some D1 team to coach for and, and rack up another 300 wins, sits around 900, he, he could theoretically make it. Oh, um, but no, I, I don't, I don't I think. Don't, I don't think anyone's touching him. He has. I think his career is over. He has two and a half championships, two, and then a parentheses three, <laughs> asterisk three. Is it, is it two total? What's he? No, I think it's two total, and one has been been um, quote unquote. Uh, what what is the word they use for when they pretend you didn't get them anymore? Because you know they are a very responsible professional organization with the interest of the students at heart. I'm so sorry. Was that out loud? That was out loud. <laughs> uh, I, forgot, I forgot how much you love the NCAA. Uh, yeah, it's, it's I hate them. They're vacated. vacated yes. Yeah. Yeah, one so, of vacated. Yeah. So yeah, he's not getting in. He's not. He's not getting in unless unless he finds some other way to burnish his credentials, which uh, I don't see anyone touching his his. Uh, maybe as an assistant coach in the the NBA, maybe get a maybe get a ring somewhere, somewhere like that. But I really doubt he's gonna. That seems out of the question. Brian Shaw. Uh. Got two two championships as an assistant. Uh, not much else. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that's. I mean, I, I don't. How many assistant coaches are in there? What's what's the threshold for assistant coaches? Oh, I have no idea. You know, that's definitely not my specialty. Uh, I think that uh, he's definitely got a lower chance than a certain Bradley Stevens, uh, whose credentials currently include two NCAA finals with a loss to Duke and my University of Connecticut. Huskies. Yeah, I mean, I, in itself, no, you know, but but I think there's the the possibility, the potential that he brings, and all that stuff. I think if he continues to coach the way he does, uh, that would presumably result in some coach of the year awards. I would hope, and you know, I think in itself that resume would eventually speak for itself. And you know, he coaches for a long time. I think it would it would make itself into a championship or a not a championship that's a hall of fame make himself into a hall of fame coacher yeah hall of fame coacher i think that he needs at least a ring and a coach of the year or two rings that'll that'll get him in the bar isn't super high for for coaches either and it's really hard you know to even get to the ncaa finals or the nba finals and i really don't think that i'm i'm almost I won't say I'm 100% confident, but I'm 95% confident he's going to get at least one ring and at least one coach of the year. So I think there's a pretty good mm-hmm. chance for, for him. Now, how about the players? Jason Terry, Jet. He's uh, he's real on the edge. I think he's going to make it, though, because he's got a, he's got one championship, he's got a six-man of the year, and he's got an NCAA championship as well. That is – okay, so I guess I, we need to decide uh, what what is the threshold. <laughs> what what, are we, what What's like the, the – I, to use like a baseball term, what's like the war? What's the average Hall of Famer? Um, I, I, you know, it's really complicated because of these different ways, you know, you can get in and success at different levels. I feel like you even need to have top level success, like a championship or very close to it, like a final appearance, NCAA final appearance, uh, EuroLeague final appearance, like that, NBA finals appearance, and maybe a national championship and maybe a EuroLeague championship. Like you need to have um, at least one top level like championship plus enough all-star or first team appearances uh, and the numbers to back it up or 
close to like you know runner up or top level experience at another level another league something like that like you need to you need to either have highly concentrated success uh in one league or you know elevated success across leagues to qualify i i I feel you know i i feel like it's for this hall of fame i i am personally of the mind that there would be nothing lost for the nba to have its own hall of fame because it's this one has a different mandate and i think it's a good mandate um i think that it is you know a little too watered down but that's kind of necessary in some extent to to cover the, the really apples to oranges comparisons between a lot of these leagues in terms of talent levels and time periods and, and all of these different elements because of the broad mandate, I am okay with it being kind of nebulous the way that it is so long as eventually we get an actual NBA Hall of Fame. I do think that that is something that needs to happen. So that's it. Well, so, you know, I, I looking at Jason Terry in like 20 years – are you going to look back and say like, oh man, remember in, you know, the early 2000s, Jason Terry, <laughs> that guy was, you know, he was a real like legendary. I feel like maybe, maybe it's just because I, I think that the Hall of Fame should be, you know, more selective, but I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't see him as a Hall of Famer. Maybe his numbers speak differently, but I, I just don't see him as a Hall of Famer. Same with, you know, there's a bunch of guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see Terry. NBA as- Hall of Famer? Definitely not. Definitely not. I feel like he is right around the bare minimum for yeah. me, okay. at least, All in right, terms cool. of... And, like, there's some guys in there who are worse than him, which does not necessarily, in my opinion, give the argument any kind of credence. But uh, I think he, he just barely... But he, You know, on, on that, that note, another guy who I don't think makes it, would be Joe Johnson. Yeah, no, I, I think that's... He's got seven All-Star games. Yeah. So you, you agree. Seven All-Star games and a third team doesn't get you there. No. No, I don't think so. Agreed. Le- Leandro Barbosa, one championship, one six-man. In or out? Out. Agreed. Now here it gets a little more complicated. Rajan Rondo, one championship, four All-Star games, and a crap ton of first, second, and third teams, uh, and assist leader. Three three separate times in, for the regular season. If he uh, if he keeps climbing the leaderboards as far as like assists and stuff go and and kind of final stats, I think there's a possibility. I think that that'd be all right. But so I I think Rondo is better than Terry, and I still am like questionable about that. So no, I, I would. That's fair. Yeah, I would I would say I mean he needs to get more numbers. So you know keep having a solid career. Obviously he's not the the all star player. Years, he's not the all star player that he was five years ago, but. Still, a, you know, a good, good player. Wow, five years ago. He was traded almost five years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty weird. He wasn't really an all-star. Speaking of traded. Sorry, keep going. Tony Allen. One ship, three times. Basically, like, you know, same same general kind of uh, repertoire that we get out of Rajon Rondo, but less. So I'm, I'm going to go with no on Tony, at least for now. Yeah, I, I say the same thing to Jason Terry. In 20 years, you're not going to say, oh, man, remember Tony Allen? Dude was such a good defender. Like, yeah, it's just not someone you think of. So, no, I'd say no to Tony Allen also. Okay, so right now and in the future, give me the answer for both. Kyrie Irving. I would say yeah. I would too. I think he makes it just barely right now, and I think he's going to get it in the future, obviously. So I guess we don't have to do that. But, I mean, he's got a chip already. He's got uh, five All-Star games already, and he's he's got a gold medal in the Olympics. 
You know, I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. pretty good. Gordon Hayward. Right now, no. If there's if there's a ridiculous like dynasty that comes from this team, and Gordon is obviously one of the big three, and and the the Celtics win, you know, two three championships if not more, then yeah, maybe. But right now, no. Horford. Mm, including college, yeah. You know, you get him, you get him a championship in Boston if he's part of a championship team here, then yes. I think so too. Because with the value that college has, then yeah. Because he won the two titles in Florida with Joaquin yeah. Noah. Speaking so, of yep. Aaron Baines has a chip. Is he getting yeah. in? No. <laughs> Had no, to ask. No. You know, no offense, Aaron, if you're listening. Uh, you're great, but you know. If there's if there's a specific like wing in like an Australian Hall of Fame, he might be in that eh, one. Eh. Maybe. Right next right next to Steve Irwin. Jason Tatum. Uh yeah. Of course. Man. I mean For he's sure. done absolutely nothing so far other than be awesome, but uh I expect him in there eventually, and I'm not kidding at all. No sarcasm. But you know, well, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. Uh, obviously, yeah, there's a lot of... It requires a career. And we're yeah, a year into you know, it, but so. I mean, <laughs> I, I would be very, you know, I'm not going to say anything else because I don't want to jinx anyone. Moving along, Kevin Garnett. That's kind, yeah. kind of a dumb. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Paul Pierce. Yeah. I say yeah. Yeah. He's a little He's a little on the edge, uh, but I think that, the, you know, even though he only has one, one chip, uh, he's got the 10-time the All-Star Games in... A fairly solid credential list uh, overall, so I, I tend to agree. What about Jermaine O'Neal? Nah. Sheed? No, not not. I don't think so. Rasheed Wallace? Uh, nah. No, I don't think so. Not enough. Yeah, which is a shame because he's probably one of the better better uh, options for that that Detroit championship from two thousand four, two thousand five, whenever that was. Antoine Walker, I'm guessing, yeah, I w- is uh, maybe no. in. No. He's got an NCAA championship as well as a championship with, uh, I think, the Heat. Yeah, I guess the holistic, the holistic picture. Sure, I guess barely, but, but yeah. I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at this from just an NBA perspective right now, for the most part. Sam Cassell, probably, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he won like two, three championships, right? Three championships, All Star Game, All NBA Second uh, Team, but. You also have to keep in mind that he didn't have a major role in those championships. I think he gets in, but I think it's going to be late and by committee. What about Stephen Marbury? Here's a real test for sure. you. Sure. You think? Um, he's hard. Foreign stuff. He's got he's got three CBA championships and an MVP with them. Six of their All Star games, but only two All Star games and two All NBA teams in in the NBA. I don't really know. I, I really, yeah. I guess our readers can is tell us. Is there a big international presence in the, in the Hall of Fame? Is there a big, like, because, like, Jimmer Fredette, is he a Hall of Famer because of just his <laughs> insane, his unreal performance in the CBA? I feel that Stephen Marbury was so instrumental in what he did for the Chinese League. He's one of the first big names to go out there. Uh, I do think that he will make it in just on that alone. Um, I'm not really sure that his talent level rises to just on pure talent alone, but in terms of being a trailblazer and spreading the game internationally, I think he gets in that way. Rick Fox? Uh, Got three championships. This is hard, dude. (laughs) This is like, these are all, these are tough. 
I hope that I hope. Yeah, I mean, we can we can put a uh, we can put uh, Bruce Bowen and and uh, Brian Shaw in there because they each have three championships. Though I'm of the mind that Rick Fox and Brian Shaw do not get in on the strength of their performances. I think Shaw gets in because he was also you know he's got the he's got the assistant um, coaching championships later on. I think he gets in somehow that way. Uh, Rick Fox, you know, he was not unimportant to those championships, but he wasn't really very important to those championships. But Bruce Bowen also happens to have um, five-time uh, election to all-defense and three times all-NBA defense second team. So I think on the, on the strength of that alone, he squeaks in. Mm-hmm. We got one guy left, Danny Ainge as a player. Uh, I was hoping you would say Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> well, he never played for the Celtics, so that's that's true. That is a good guy. Co- I, I do want to bring that up, though. I, I think that's I think that is a conversation, especially talking about all these other guys. I think that's because that's that's kind of like a guy that I think of as like should he be a Hall of Famer? I don't know. Three, that's, gold, that's, three gold medals. Yeah, that's exactly. Pretty, that's pretty impressive. When when you said that about Kyrie, that's that's who I thought of. So, uh, Danny Ainge as a player, I, I mean, probably not. I I don't see him being brought into the Hall of Fame. Do you think he is? As a player, I think, I think as a player, he just whiffs on what it takes to get there. You, you know, he got a wooden award as an NCAA player. He was an All American. Um, if you could count his the fact that he was an All American in multiple sports, I believe in football and baseball as well, um, that would get him into some kind of Hall of Fame. I don't know if the Sports Hall of Fame if that exists. I have no idea. <laughs> to be completely honest, but. Uh, what what's where is he where's he from where is he from he's he's uh from utah i believe yeah yeah so maybe the utah, like hall the utah fame. state hall there of you fame. go all right I, those those exist man they those, do those they real. really do <laughs> i mean i'm sure he's already yeah. in it to be honest at least as a player oh he's from he's from oregon born in oregon for some reason maybe maybe the mormon yeah, thing has a baseball for a while no, I mean, no, because his, his family is there is he's got a son who is a politician that's what i'm thinking of that for that makes sense. Okay. I'm not just crazy. I casually, I casually, I wrote about how he, uh, cause he had actually a solid baseball, uh, not a career, but he had a solid, solid time doing baseball. When I wrote, when Jalen Brown, I think threw out that first pitch at the, or no, he had a home run in just like some game and the Red Sox were like, Hey man, we got some roster spots if you're interested. <laughs> like Danny Ainge also had a solid baseball career, you know? Stay away so from was, Jalen Brown. Was, uh, I don't like your, 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 stick sport thing get out of here no no risk of injury for my guy. anyway moving along anyone who is still listening after you know that incredibly exciting hair splitting analysis of the hall of fame potentiality of former boston celtics should i i like i like to imagine that that's how they get chosen yeah you know like that's actually how they decide the hall of fame that it's just like four or five guys just sitting around being like eh yeah, I'm not sure. convinced that it is. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, I guess. I mean, I know there's committees, but I, I kind of feel like this is exactly what they do. I mean, they don't podcast it, but, uh, you know, it's basically this. <laughs> they should. They should, right? It'd be much more interesting to hear from, like, their their perspective. But, no, I I mean, so generally, I, I said no to most of these guys, right? Most of us, yeah. I think probably only about a third of them made it in, which is, I think, about realistically what should so of course half of them are getting in. Do you do you think Gordon is a is a Hall of Famer? Gordon Hayward? Gordon Hayward? Um, I don't think it's out of the question, but he's running out of Wait, time. What's cool? So you, you and I agree about that. I, I just want to get your perspective on a couple of these because you you didn't really. 
I was the one who was kind of making these answers. Oh, sure. Um, Rondo, do you think yes or no? Rondo, I think I would let him sneak in as long as he sticks in the league for at least one more playoff run. I think he needs to at least put up some some postseason numbers for one more season that matter. You know, play out one more appearance of playoff run. He doesn't even need to win anything. Doesn't he just needs to burnish those numbers just a little bit, and I think he makes it in. All right, cool. Well. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone should check out the links at the top of CelticsLife.com where you'll find all of our cool stuff. We're going to have tickets again. Preseason starting less than two weeks. It's going to be awesome. And you can get shirts and hoodies in our store and you can get tickets to those preseason games, which you can look under tickets. Tickets. (laughs) I know crazy, right? Tickets. You can also find the pod on Wushka, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and most podcatcher apps. (laughs) Make sure you subscribe until the caffeine kicked in. So you never miss an episode. <laughs> and if you like what you hear, be sure it is five stars. If you don't like something, stop listening to us. Never, ever touch electronics again because you clearly aren't worthy of them. I'm just kidding. Just please let us know. You're not, not in our Hall of Fame of listeners. Yeah. Our Hall of Fame, our hall of, fame of listeners like our content. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just, you know, get on... Twitter or an article or use the art uh, the hashtag CLPOD, C-L-P-O-D, because we are always trying to bring you the Celtics coverage you want and you like it. Tofer, I'm going to eat breakfast. We should totally have a Hall of Fame listener segment, you know? <laughs> That's actually a good idea. If you feel like you have the credentials, let us know. And we'll know you have them because you're still listening. <laughs> yep, it's true. Anyhow... Basketball soon. We'll talk to you then. Take care, y'all. Cool.